Thanks for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, check out all the articles and podcasts, which are updated daily. Got an important show tonight. Pastor William Green is going to be on to talk of the Mordecai mission. And we're going to talk about why churches and families are yielding to the left's culture temptation. Um, I've just seen recently this news story uh, with this Duke BYU incident where there was a volleyball game and a young lady from Duke accused a fan from BYU of yelling racial slurs at her. Um, it was denied by uh, the fan and uh, the student section said they did not hear any racial slurs. So it's up for debate. But uh, South Carolina went ahead and canceled their girls basketball games against BYU, pretty much painting the whole school um, as a bunch of racists. And we see that time and time again uh, nowadays. And I'm looking forward to speaking with uh, Pastor Green and uh, discussing some of these topics with him. Before we get to him, how are you doing tonight, Rob? Andrew, I'm doing great. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in for this show tonight, because it's a very important show. We're going to discuss, as you said, how the church, the family institution, the church is a family institution, and how families and schools are yielding to the temptation of the left. So some would say, what temptation are you talking about? They just have a different political ideology than you have. And I agree that that's true to an extent. But the temptation that they're bringing forth and the ideology is not rooted in anything righteousness. It's evil. It's hateful. It's demagoguery. And we have to be careful. And you would think of all places our churches, most sacred institution, would stand up against this ungodliness. And we've had pastors to come on our show before. Pastor Samuel Jones. We've also had Barbara from Harlem to come on. And we've had Cynthia Garrett to come on. And they've all spoken about this evil that is consuming our nation. And it's fooling the most elite people that we would think would be above reproach, that they would not allow this to come in. But it seems as if though they're inviting it to come in and they're sitting down at the table and they're breaking bread, which is okay, because you want to bring people in to talk to them. Even Jesus did that. He went out and he spoke to different people, people that they thought, oh, he shouldn't talk to this person. She has leprosy. He shouldn't talk to that man. But he came in and he spoke with them. But the problem that I see this happening, that we're having, is that when we invite them to come in and sit and talk and speak with them, we walk away, or a lot of them are walking away with their ideologies, with their beliefs. How is it that a church could say we're for God and then get up on a Sunday morning and be okay with abortion. Oh, it's okay. This women's rights. How is it that churches 
are okay saying that men can have babies and that it's okay to change your sex and it's okay to have your children to think otherwise. Now, we love all of our brothers and sisters because God is love. Jesus is love. But some of the acts that they're committing, no, I'm against it completely. But yet and still our churches are welcoming this. And when I say welcoming, it's not as if though they're saying, come in, we want you to hear the word. It's come in, we're okay with that. We're going to almost promote that. And then that cascades down to our schools. Kids are supposed to be learning reading, writing, and arithmetic, and they're learning about sex education. And not just puberty, but you can change your sexuality. You can change who you are. And at one point, our schools would say, no, you can't do that. But now we have the teachers' unions that are saying, oh, it's okay. Well, if you look at the top of some of these unions, like the, the uh, National Teachers Association, you have Wendy Weingartner. She's a lesbian. Now, not that she can't hold that position, but if she's going to hold that position and then push down her ideology, oh, there's something wrong with it. Now, that leads me to the families, the most vulnerable places. At one point, you heard Hillary Clinton running around with the book, It Takes a Village to Raise a a Child. I thought, wow, that's neat. I like that. But then a careful observation as to what she's singing. And you look at what Joe Biden is doing. I want to offer pre-K to kids as early as two years old. And people, hooray, we love this. It takes a village. I don't have to worry about childcare. Oh, no. Look closely again. They want access to your children at a young age because then they can start the indoctrination. See, they've given up on the older people because they're saying, oh, you can't teach a dog an old dog new tricks. But the children, ah, immediate access. They're sponges. We can put these images before them. We could tell them what we want to tell them. And by the time the parents realize it, it's over. That's what they're doing. That is a reason why Joe Biden wants early childhood education. That is a reason why they don't want you to be able to say, we don't want, I don't want my child going to public schools. At one point I thought public schools, yes. But then I started looking at it. I'm like, oh no, uh uh-uh, no. Give me my taxpayer dollars and I will find a school for my child. I don't want this public, so-called public education because it's destroying us as a nation. So again, we thought it good to have on bring on another pastor, Pastor William Green, who's over the Mordecai mission. We want him to talk about that, talk about his background, and then give his insight as to what he sees is happening in our culture today. Pastor Green, how are you tonight, sir? God bless you, gentlemen. I find it it's an honor and pleasure to be here tonight. Well, we're glad that you're able to come on, that you take away time from your busy schedule. Uh, before we start, tell us a little bit about the Mordecai mission. Well, briefly, what the Mordecai mission is, is based on the book of Esther. And if you're familiar with the book of Esther, there was an evil ruler that came to power named Haman. And part of the, the decree concerning Hammond's title was that anyone that came into Hammond's presence had to bow down to him. Well, Mordecai being a devout man of God, he wasn't going to bow down. And when Hammond saw that Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him, he wanted to kill Mordecai. And then when he learned of 
Mordecai's heritage that he was a Jew. Now he only wanted to, he wanted to kill Mordecai and all the Jews also. Well, that spirit of Haman is embodied today in two entities. One is the LGBTQ and the other is the Democratic Party. And both these satanic entities want Christians to bow, but we won't bow. But what Mordecai did when he learned of Haman's plot to destroy all the Jews, he got Esther involved. And you see the wisdom of God that he put Esther in the king's house as the queen. And initially, Esther didn't want to get involved. But when Mordecai gave a proper focus and understanding by saying these words, that if you hold your peace, God will send an enlargement for his people, but you and your father's house won't be spared. But how do you know you're not called for such a time as this? So as Christians today, we are called for such a time as this. And what do I mean for such a time as this? We're living in the last days, but even though we believe that we're living in the last days, we still supposed to take a stand for righteousness. We're not supposed to just stay in the four walls of the church and just sit, pray, and preach. No, we need to go to the forefront of society and have an impact with the word of God. So that's the endeavor of the Mordecai mission. And not only have an impact, but we got to stand boldly and confront sin. And when I say boldly, we have to take our gospel message to the streets and confront the LGBTQ. Confront the Democratic Party. Confront the transgender idea. But we have to do it publicly and boldly. And that's the endeavor of the Mordecai mission. Publicly and boldly. And you know what, Pastor? That's what we don't see. And I think that a lot of people are afraid to do it publicly and boldly because they're afraid of being canceled. They're afraid of being called transphobic. You're against gays. But like you said, we've got to start standing up because look at the ground that we've lost. We we did a show about this once, Andrew and I, that when we said that the left, they've won the battle because we've given up so much ground. We have conceded, we've kowtowed, we're afraid of them calling us out. And what percentage of the population do gays and lesbians and transgenders make up? 1% if that? But look at how we're kowtowing to them, afraid to stand up and say, no, I don't want this in my school. I don't want it in my school. I don't want you to teach it. If you want to do it, that's fine. And not only that, Pastor, we have had on the show individuals who are gay. Individuals, we had one guy who came on the show who was told he was gay and a woman also. And they are now saying, no, that we're not part of that. But what we see that's being pushed through the community by the LGBTQ group, it's wrong. So they're even calling it out and they're saying that it's wrong, but their voices aren't being heard because we have the mainstream media that's full of propaganda and they don't want it heard. They want us to think and believe that, oh, everyone is okay with this. We need to embrace this. We need to let this in. And it couldn't be any farther from the truth because there are people that are pushing back, but they're afraid. But as you said, pastor, We've got to start speaking up and being bold. Why is it, Pastor? And I had this question before for Cynthia Garrett, Pastor Jones, and Barbara from Harlem. Why is it that our churches are silent? They're completely silent 
these big box churches that people just like throw their hands up, they give all this money to, they're silent when it comes to these teachings. They won't say anything. Completely silent. Why is that? What you, do you think it is, Pastor? Well, one of the reasons is because homosexuality is prevalent in many churches. So they can't say nothing about it. Now, someone, if someone will ask me, am I anti-gay? Of course I'm anti-gay. I'm anti-trans. Why? Because it's a sin. It's wrong. So how can I, and, these, and these, you know, these terms that they try to force the churches to say, you know, tolerance. The Bible does not use the word tolerance. You know, the word for us as Christians is obedience, obedience to God's word. But see, this thing with the homosexual community, this is Satan's main attack on society as a whole. I mean, they've already attached themselves to the civil rights movement, okay, which was a Christian movement. So the right. civil rights movement was founded in the church, okay? They already have defiled the word of God with the, by, by taking the rainbow for, them, for themselves. The rainbow is a symbol, a covenant agreement between God and man. So, you know, as Christians, we just have to be bold and stop compromising with this sin, this sin, because this is basically the greatest sin that is facing and confronting the church and the church is running away with it. Because, you know, this, 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 and this is a spirit because when you think about this, you know, no other type of sinners are doing what they do. You don't see adulterers wanting to march down Fifth Avenue, all right? And that's what for philander was right. You know, because a, an adulterer know what what they do is wrong. That's why, you know, we call it creeping. Okay. And they do it under, you know, they do it behind closed doors. You wouldn't see murderers walking, want to have a parade down Fifth Avenue. I mean, you know, being that come from a law enforcement background, I have seen murderers stand before the judge and say, I'm sorry. Okay. So to, to what I'm what I'm saying is this is the only type of spirit that won't repent, that won't apologize. They will say, this is what I am and accept it. You see, so we're dealing with a spiritual warfare and we're not going to, we can't fight this through natural means and we can't be passive. Okay. This homosexuality, everything about it is satanic. And we can't be afraid to say that. You know, there's none of this nonsense about inclusion, embracing them. No. The message the church has to say to them is come to Jesus and change. He'll accept you as you are. But when you come to Jesus, you have to be willing to let Jesus change you. So there's no such thing as gay Christianity. Either you're a Christian and you're not gay or you're gay and you're not a Christian. But there's no in between. There is no middle ground. And the church has to boldly say so. So those of us who are not compromised, God is going to use us to take a stand against this because, you know, the church has been so silent since 1964. The devil first drew the first line in the sand where prayer was taken out of schools and there was no outcry from the church. Everything, everything that happens, the church just 
just stays silent, just runs away. You know, we had, look what we had. We had Stonewall. And, you know, the thing I remember about that, looking back years ago, when the gay rights movement first started, there was only one person taking a stand against that. Now it's a woman named Anita Bryant, but she was alone. Nobody would back her. And now look what we have today. But I understand and know that God is about to turn this around because, you know, and it's proof with, with shows like this, talk conversations like this, that God is raising up people who are not going to be afraid, who will take the, who will take the name calling and resist it and press on and say, right is right, wrong is wrong. Amen, Pastor Green. I like what you're saying. And we see this all the time uh, with these kids who don't have God in their life and uh, they go to school and it just makes their heads even more confused. And uh, they, it's, these teachers throw this perversion and homosexuality and trans lifestyle into their uh, mind that uh, it's never been the problem like it is uh, right now. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew. Available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel. We're available Monday through Friday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew with our special guest, Pastor William Green. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free ultra-absorption ingestible gel. It tastes great comes in a convenient squeeze gel pack, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. And we're back in After Dark with Robin Andrew. And our special guest, Pastor William Green of the Mordecai Mission. Now, when we went to break, the pastor said something that got me to thinking when I was a child and how schools were moving 
to take prayer out of school. I also remember when I was going to Sunday school and the Sunday school teacher was saying at some point, she said, there will come a time whereby they'll want to get rid of the Bibles. They don't want you to read the Bible. And I thought, that's not going to happen. But you look around you, prayer is taken out of school. And for what is worth, we still have the Bible. But to a large part, a lot of people are taking their tablets, their iPads, and using their phones to read the Word of God. And there's nothing wrong with it. But you have to be careful. Because the same way the Democrats are changing the definition of a woman, they can get into your system, into your phones, and change God's words. And it's only a matter of time before they do it. Do not doubt me when I say this. They changed the definition of a recession. They changed the definition of a white supremacist. Now, Black people, if, you, if you're a Republican, you're a white supremacist. They changed the definition of a woman. Think about this, of a woman. We have a Supreme Court justice whom a lot of people are saying, oh, she's the best, she's the greatest. She is a Black woman, but she can't define what a woman is. With an Ivy League degree. Now, is it that she can't define it or she doesn't want to lest she gets on someone's bad side? We have a vice president. One day she's Black, one day she's Indian, one day she's Caribbean. Who knows? Who's going along with this? Changing words, changing the pronouns. What we have learned since we were children, they're changing it. You have AP coming out, changing what a birthing parent is as opposed to a woman, oh, birthing people. We have congressmen on the Hill talking about birthing people. This is wrong. And then, as I said earlier, my, when we uh, came on, abortion. Oh, it's not murder. It's okay. It's, it's family planning. And you have women that are marching and saying, oh, no, I, I, I want abortion. And as the pastor said, do you see an adulteress marching down, wanting a parade? or a murderer, but you got these folks out there thinking, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, we can do this. God is looking down and he's not happy. He is not happy. Our society, some people say, well, we're slouching toward Sodom and Gomorrah. No, we have slid all the way down. And a reckoning is coming. And we will be held accountable. Because we're allowing the, the most innocent amongst us to be sacrificed, put out there on display. And this garbage is forced to them, forced on them. Pastor, what would you, what would you tell parents that see this happening in the schools and in the churches that they're going to, but they're afraid to say something? Because they don't want to get kicked out of the church. They don't want the, pe the preacher saying, oh, don't talk to sister or brother this. And then the schools, they don't want their child not going to birthday parties. It's almost like a dilemma. But if you want to be right, what do you say, Pastor Green? Well, first of all, anyone, anyone that's in a church that supports the Democratic agenda, then you need to get out of that church. Because... You can't say you are a true Christian and you support the Democratic Party. Now, 
what I what I mean by that is, you see, this is not a political issue. This is really a spiritual issue. It's not about Democrat and Republican. It's about a spiritual issue. But when you look at the Democratic Party, you're looking at an entire party, okay, that has solely aligned itself with the devil. I mean, when you think about what the Democrats are are standing for, they stand for transgender rights. I mean, they stand for same-sex marriage. They stand for abortion. They stand for giving kids, little kids, sex change operations. And anyone that votes Democrat, you're keeping these wicked people in power. So you cannot call yourself a Christian because the Bible clearly says to be friends of the world is to be enemy against God. So the first thing that we have to do as parents have to do is first of all, you got to get yourself in the right church. You got to get yourself in the right church. You need to ask your pastor questions. Where do they stand on the issues? And when they give you their response, and if it's not biblical based, then leave that church. And teach, and parents need to teach their children godly principles. Okay? And the Bible has to be more than just an ornament on the coffee table. It has to be opened up. It has to be read. You know, the Bible says what? Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they will not depart from that. So I had to ask parents, are we teaching our children the ways of the Lord? That's the first thing. But as Christians, we cannot sit idly by and not vote. And that's what we, as the Mordecai mentioned, we really want to do is that we got to get Christians to vote. And yes, we have to right now vote Republican. And we have to vote in such a way where one of the things that we have to do, we have to get devout born again Christians elected to public office. Because if you remember, we read in the book of Esther, when they defeated Haman, the king told Mordecai and Esther to change the laws to what you want them to be as you wish. And that same God that gave Esther and Mordecai victory is the same God that's going to give us the victory today. So we need to raise up and create Christian candidates to run for, for office from down from the president to the school board. And we need to take over the Republican Party and truly make the Republican Party what it was founded to be. You know, most people don't even understand that the Republican Party was created by Christians. They were the abolitionists, and they created it for the purpose of ending slavery. And Abraham Lincoln was a born-again Christian. So we need to take over the Republican Party and make it the party of Lincoln again. We need to take over the party of our votes and make it a Christian party once again. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And my, 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 mess, my goal is to get this message out to all concerned Bible-believing Christians who are willing to take a stand for righteousness and restore righteousness in this country. And the way we're going to do it, one of the ways we're going to do it is we have to take over the Republican Party. That's the best. We have no inroads with the Democrats. 
but the Republican Party, that's the party that we have to infiltrate and take over in order for us to change the laws in this country. That's powerful. And Pastor, you and I, we spoke about that before. And I want to cover it again, definitely during the last half of the show, uh, as to what your, what your thoughts are and as to how we would go about doing it. But something that you said that I think is equally important, and that is getting Christians to get out and vote. I, it's, there are some churches that are out there that will say, the Bible says to be in the world, but not of the world. So they're telling their parishioners not to vote, just to sit back and do nothing. And I know myself coming from the uh, faith of Pentecostal, uh, some of them would tell the parishioners not to vote. No, don't vote. You shouldn't vote. Whereas the ones that were the big box churches, Pentecostals, they would say, get out there and vote. You need to vote. You need to make your voice, your, uh, your voice is heard. But at the same time, what you said, you need to, people need to understand where that pastor, where that church stands on the issues. And we had Pastor Sam to come on, and he said the exact same thing. So it's really interesting that you guys are in sync. He said, you go in. He said, you be respectful, but you go in and you ask, where do you stand on these issues? And if you cannot come to terms, and if he's like, well, no, this is the way I see it, and it's not biblically based, he said to find another church. Cynthia Garrett said the exact same thing. Barbara Harlem said the exact same thing. So I know that times are changing. As you said, God is getting ready to do a work because people see what's happening and they're like, no, this is not what I want. I don't want this. Many are called, but few are chosen. And you have a lot of folks that are out there saying, follow me, follow me. But when it comes down, to really following the scripture when it comes down to say, hey, I'm in the world, but I'm not part of it because there's a lot of stuff that's happening here. Like you said, the homosexualities in the church, you got lesbians in the churches, singing in the choir, running the brothers and the sisters. It's like, is this supposed to be in the church? But the pastors won't say anything because they want the ties and the offerings to keep going. And now this has transcended to the government on the political scene. Look at uh, Biden nominating Rachel Levin to be over health and human services. That's great. And then she's pushing, she's pushing. He. That he, <laughs> thank you. He is pushing, how dare I say she. He's pushing that it's okay for kids to take puberty blockers. Are you serious? At a young age? It's okay. See, I, I have a theory on this. That this is the reason why they're doing this is that they want to get all these kids all confused and messed up so that they can stop populating the earth. We can slow down the growth. And that's something that Bill Gates is looking at. We have to be wise. We have to see what these people are doing because it is demonic and it is not of God. They're trying to change the natural order. Oh, you don't have to have a baby. We'll, we'll give someone else your baby. And then you have homosexuals that are going in adopting these children. They're telling heterosexuals don't have kids, but the ones that do have kids, they're running in and they're adopting the children. I have seen so many homosexual couples with children. And I've got a problem with it. I have a problem with it because I don't know what's being taught. Someone would say, well, there's love, there's love, but there's more than just that. What do you say, pastor? Well, first of all, that word love is so misused, okay, because the biblical definition of the love of God is found in 1 John 3, 
1. And it says, Behold, what manner of love had the Father bestowed on us that we might be called the sons of God? And you see the key word in that scripture is manner. So the love of God is not about emotions or feelings, but it's about having the nature, the character of Jesus. That's what the love of God is, that you walk like Jesus, that you talk like Jesus, that you are Christ-like. Romans 8, 29 said, we are sweet. We, the purpose for us being saved is to be conformed to the image of Christ, that we would be just, we will be Christ-like in everything, in all facets of our lives. We will be Christ-like. So, you know, we need to dismiss this nonsense about love, 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 because the love that we have is not based on emotions, but love means to be Christ-like. What we're dealing with right now, as the scripture has said, is the wheat and the tares. You know, the, the, Jesus said, while men slept, the enemy came in and planted tares amongst the wheat. And, you know, tares is a wheat-like substance. It looks like wheat. It grows tall like wheat. But it's not true wheat. And so what we're seeing right now is what God said he would, Jesus said he would do. He said, I'm going to separate the wheat from the tares. So what does that analogy mean? God himself is going to separate true Christians from false Christians. So when we see the false Christians rise up and speak, we as the true Christians, the wheat, the sheep who hear God's voice, we have to speak louder than them. You know, I mean, when I hear someone like Al Sharpton calling himself a reverend and trying to quote scriptures, it's appalling. But see, the difference is, He's out there and we're not. So what are people supposed to, what are, what are people supposed to, to understand? If you see the goats, if you see the tares speaking and the true Christians are staying silent, then what hope does what what hope does the world have? So we who are called and hear God's voice, the true we, the true Christians, we have to be visible, we have to be loud. And let me just say this, you know, when it comes to the ungodly, you know, the gay rights activists and the abortion activists, they have what we need. They have conviction. And, you know, the meaning of conviction is to believe in something so strong that you're willing to demonstrate it. You're willing to demonstrate your belief. So, you know, we as Christians, we need conviction. We need strong conviction. And we and how do people know who we are? We have to let them see who they who we are. We got to let them see Jesus in us. But we got to take it outside the four walls of the church. And that happened on the day of Pentecost. You know, a lot of people realize that the first sermon of the church was preached in the street, not in the synagogue. It was preached in the street when 120 when one accord they went in the midst of Jerusalem. And they preach the word of God and souls are saved. So what am I saying? It's time for us to take it to the streets. We got to take our message to the streets. We got to be bold as lions. We got to be bold and say what the Bible says without fear or apprehension. And we will see God turn this nation around. 
And I'm here to let you know it's going to happen. And the conviction of my heart is this. When God begins to move, and he's beginning to move, I don't want to just be a spectator, but I intend to be an active participant in whatever God is about to do. Yeah, well said, Pastor Green, and it's about to happen and we need it to happen. Let's take a moment for our sponsor, Healthy Cell. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, perhaps you're taking the z or melatonin, whatever the case may be, you don't need any of that. Head on over to Healthy Cell and check out the REM Sleep Read, all the great reviews, and you can save 20% off with the code OUTLOUD. They've got a great variety of products for you to go check out at HealthyCell.com. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew with special guest, Pastor William Green. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. People often ask me, Malcolm, how do we fight the corruption? Robert Frost has said it best, freedom lies in being bold. Well, for six incredible years, bold is America out loud. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com, where we're healing America one person at a time. Folks, we're back with the last segment of After Dark with Robin Andrew. And I don't know about you, but Pastor Green has really brought it. And he has done so in a loving, kind way. He's not out there hitting us up the head with the Bible, although I think that should probably come at some point to wake a lot of us up. But what he's saying is so true. And as we said during the first block of the show, or as he mentioned, it's time for us to get out in the streets. And he's going to explain to you what he means by that. But something that he said just in the last segment that I thought was really telling is that you have someone like Al Sharpton calling himself a reverend, a reverend of what I don't know, a reverend of foolishness. This man was a two-bit shake-em-down con artist, and he has somehow managed to work his way on cable TV. Whoa, whoa. Why shouldn't he look at the others that are there? They're no better than he is. But the fact that he's out there in the street screaming and his, his craziness. And what are we doing? We're sitting there looking at him, myself included. We're looking at him and saying, oh, what is he doing? What is, what is he saying? We need to get out there in the streets also. 
There are people that agree with us. And as Andrew says all the time at the top of the show, share the broadcast. I hope you share this broadcast where we have Pastor Green on. We need to get like-minded people and other people that want to hear this but are afraid and let them know you're not alone. But see, the left wants us to be afraid. They want you to be afraid. They want you, we're going to silence you and we're going to do this to you. Look at what we did to Donald Trump and look at what we did to all those other people that associate with him and look at what we did to the people uh, on Jan 6, and which in my opinion was just a regular protest. And they're saying, oh, they were trying to tear down democracy. No, tearing down democracy was what happened in the spring and summer of 2020 and 2021 when you had them burning down buildings, state and federal buildings, occupying different areas so that people can't go to work, terrorizing people. Okay, those were riots. But see, they want to put the fear in you that if you speak out, if you say you don't like this, we're coming after you. Look at all the people who have come out and said, no, I'm not for this. And then they came back and apologized. I think of this one singer, Macy Grace, who said, no, men can't be women. Oh, you can't do that. They attacked her viciously. She came out the next day and said, oh, I didn't mean that. And so many other people. But then you look at Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia, when the moms heard about what they were trying to push on the children and they said, no way, we're not having this. We're standing up. We don't, we're not Democrats. I mean, we're not Republicans, but what they're trying to push on our kids, we're not having this. And you have so many other people. Look at what they did to the singer, Kim Burrell, when she called out homosexuality. They came after her and they counseled her. Oh, we don't want this. How dare she says this? She can't say that. We want her to apologize. She didn't apologize. Well, we're going to pull her off. We don't want her on TV and so many others. Look at the fight that's happening right now between the two country singers. One country singer came out and said, I thank God my parents didn't try to change me and change my, my, uh, my gender when I was going through my tomboy stages. And then another country singer came out and go, oh, you're homophobic. What? Are you serious? Simply because she's saying she's glad that her parents didn't try to change her gender? Oh, you're homophobic. And then you have the media, the onslaught of the media that will attack and say, oh, she's wrong. How could she do this? And then Joe Biden, oh, we're going to have Transgender Day. All of this stuff is coming from the pit of hell, and it is wrong. And the fact that they can't get the older people on their agenda we're going to go after your children. And you can't say anything about it. How dare they come after our children? How dare you send a child to school and then you tell that child, we're going to call you by a boy name or a girl name, but don't you tell your parents. How dare you do that? And how dare the churches not stand up and support these families? What are you there for? You're supposed to be administering to the sick and to the shut-in and helping people who are confused, but you can't even do that because you're too busy looking at the tithes and the offering. So you're going to be quiet and not say anything. How dare you? God is not mocked, and he is looking at this. This is wrong, and we've got to start standing up because if we don't, we will continue to have people like Al Sharpton out front and a lot of these other woke churches, look at the Catholic Church. Look, look at the guy, the, uh, the Pope, who's giving in to all this damnation. Oh, it's okay to have abortion. Oh, it's okay, because he's trying to bring in more people. He wants more people to come in in his flock. Look at the Episcopal Church churches. 
Oh, we're okay with having a transgender at the top. Okay, but you have a regular person, a lay person who wants to get there and you're going to favor the transgender because you want to bring in more people. It's time for us to wake up and get serious. So pastor, what do you propose we do? What is your idea? I know that we spoke about this, but I want you to share this with some of our listeners, because I'm sure that there are people that are out there that are afraid to say something. They want to say something, but they're not sure if they have the backings, because we see even with the Republicans, some of them, they will back down. They will say, oh, no, no. Oh, no, it's okay. They will back down. So people need to know that someone has their back so that when they get canceled or when they come after them to counsel them, They'll say, oh, no, I got somebody, I got a real family that's standing behind me that's going to push me out front. And with schools getting ready to start, oh, families are going to catch it. What do you say, Pastor Green? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm not homophobic, but let me tell you why, give you a reason why I'm saying that. You see, phobia means fear. So I'm not afraid of the gay mafia which is why I speak the way I do. So when people say, oh, you're homophobic, I say, no, I'm not, I'm not homophobic because I'm not scared to say what needs to be said. So that's one thing we as Christians, we need to start hitting back with. You know, phobia means fear. We are not afraid of the homosexual community. Now, getting back to the first question, how are we going to take it through the streets? And um, as I shared this with you before at our last meeting, and I'll share it, publicly. What we want to do, we want to have four revival services in four states. We want to go to Arizona, Michigan, Florida, and Texas. And when I say revival services, I'm not talking about going out here singing, clapping, and preaching. That's not revival, okay? Revival is when, revival is a spiritual awakening of God's people. And what we want to do, we want to go front and center in these four states and have a revival on this capital, on this on the steps of the capitals in all four of these states. And what we want to do, we want to call Christians into action. At the same time, we want to publicly challenge the, the homosexual community. We want to challenge the Democrats. We even want to challenge the Republicans who won't stand for righteousness. And what we want to do, we want to take it front and center publicly. Texas and Texas and Arizona and Florida and Michigan. And the reason why we want to do it at the state capitals of each of, each of these states is we have to go where the powers that be are. Okay, a lot of things, one thing that people don't realize about Mordecai, Mordecai was a politician, so to speak, because what the Bible says, he was known within the gates. And what does that term, known within the gates? He was an official in the kingdom of King Ahasuerus. So Mordecai wasn't just an ordinary citizen. He was, he was one of the official leaders of the kingdom which is why he had close proximity to Hammond in the first place. So the powers that be, we have to go where they are and proclaim the gospel. And there we have to say right is right and wrong is wrong. 
And let me tell you another thing that's going to happen. You know, a lot of non-believers, a lot of unbelievers are tired of all this woke nonsense. But what's happening? They don't know who to turn to or where to go to express their displeasure because no one in the no one is standing up against what's going on. So it's time for the church to stand up. And I believe when the church starts standing up, this is when people are going to see the church in a whole new light. And that's what God said he wants us to do. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So we have to go out here, speak the word of God with power and without compromise, without fear, and watch what God will do. If we allow God to use us to speak his word, we don't need picket signs. None of that. We need to go and just use the word that God has given us to say. He will do the rest. So this is how we're going to take it to the street. And I'm going to be looking to get other Christian organizations involved, whoever's out there that really wants to stand for Christ and his righteousness and really wants to reestablish righteousness in this country. I'm going to challenge them to get involved. Because Jesus said in his word, before he returns, will he find faith in the earth? And he's also told us to occupy until he returns. So it's time that we take steps to occupy. It's time that we take steps to show, to show people who Jesus is. And how will Jesus do that? Through the collective efforts of his people. So the body of Christ we must stand strong, we must stand publicly, say what the word says, and let God have his way through our efforts. Amen. I agree with you completely, because it is time for us to take a stand, because we've lost so much ground by being quiet and scared into the corner afraid to say anything. And I like what you said that, no, I'm not homophobic at all. I'm not afraid. And we've got to start making our voices heard. If they can go out and speak, so can we. Now, again, the left would have you to believe that you can't do it and you better not. They want to create that fear. They live in fear. Look at how they're constantly scaring Black people that, oh, the Ku Klux Klan and the white supremacists, they're coming after you. When in actuality, they are the white supremacists and the Ku Klux Klan. Joe Biden gave a, the eulogy at a former senator's, I mean, representative's funeral. But he can always call those terms up to scare us. And that's what they want to do. They want to scare us at every angle to keep us silent. But if we start standing together, like you said, Pastor, and saying, hey, no, I got your back. Don't be afraid. You can stand up. If they're going to stand up and tell me that I'm homophobic or I'm a disophobic or I'm a that, or I'm this, why can't I stand up and denounce it and say, no, that I'm not? I am standing on God's word, a solid foundation. Amen. We've got to start taking a stand. That's right. Can I interject one thing, Rob? Absolutely. You know, when it comes to this whole thing of racism, you know, you know they try to say that Trump is a racist. OK. And I always ask people, well, give me one one instance that proves Trump is a racist. And they just, oh, he's just a racist. 
but they can't just give me one example. But I can give you several examples of how Joe Biden is a racist, because, you know, I remember working with the New York City Department of Correction as an officer during the TNT days. And I remember Rikers Island was stacked to the, core, to the core. I mean, we had so many people coming in addicted to crack that we ran out of cell space so we had to house prisoners in gymnasiums to get to the point where we had to start a whole house arrest unit where we had to put them on ankle, on ankle, on ankle monitors. But when you think about racism, it was Joe Biden in the early 90s, who called black children super predators. And he said, we have to lock them up. We just got to put them away. And we got to show, or as Democrats, we got to show enough strength that we don't care how you were raised. We don't care if you grew up poor. You know, and Hillary Clinton was saying the same thing. And Bill Clinton and Joe Biden created this crime bill where you had people getting locked up for just having crack residue. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and it's crazy. Now that the drug, the drug addiction has reached the suburbs, now we say, okay, with the opioid epidemic, let's give them treatment in that jail. Well, those people back then, they didn't need jail. They needed treatment. These were victims of drug abuse too. But you got, you got, you know, you got Joe Biden who I say is the most racist, one of the most racist people out here, and yet black people give him a pass. They forget that. See, you know, we got short memories. We got short memories. You know, we call him Trump a racist. But I remember before Trump even got into involved in the politics, every black celebrity was around Trump. You name it, from Tupac to Al Sharpton, to all these black celebrities. Who, who, who did you see on The Apprentice? Little John and all these other entertainers? Making, they were making rap songs about Trump. Now when he dares to do the right thing, now he's a racist. And you know, one thing I want to say to black people in the church, we have to stop putting culture above Christ. Now what do I mean putting culture above Christ? You know, everything we say is black this, black that, and we never, we never talk about the Lord. Everything we preface is, black this and black that, you know? And we put more emphasis on skin worship than we do on Christ. And we're fighting over something that all true Christians must understand is that when we get to heaven, we're not gonna get to heaven in these fleshly bodies. The Bible clearly teaches that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we're down here arguing over something that we're not even gonna be when we get to heaven. And we're focusing on the wrong thing. We're focusing on all this racial stuff. And that's what the devil is using to divide people. So, you know, we as Christians, you know, we have to transcend this whole race argument and this whole racial thing. And we need to start uplifting Jesus and calling men to come to salvation. And that's what we have to start doing. But Joe Biden, that's the biggest racist there is. And I don't understand how so many of us got amnesia as to what he did. Yeah, very well said, Pastor Green. Where's the best spot people could go to keep up with what uh, you're currently doing? Okay, they can go to mordecaimission.net. They also 
if anyone wants to find out more information, they can call me at area code 917-302-3382. Because we need Christians, true Christians, to get involved. Now, notice I didn't say Christian believers. I said true Christians. Because you can believe in Christ and not be a Christian. Okay? And we see enough of that already. Everybody's a Christian these days. I mean, I was so appalled during the uh, Democratic Convention when Pete Buttigieg had the nerve to say he's a born-again Christian. And Cory Booker, he's, he called himself a born-again Christian and trying to quote scriptures. So, you know, that's another reason why we as Christians, that we have to start standing up because we have to really give people a proper focus and understanding of what true Christianity is. We got to start distinguish ourselves for the Lord's purpose and for his glory. Thank you so much, Pastor William Green. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, wherever you stream. Please like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or go to AmericaOutloud.com. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.